true 
Beautiful. Well, I know Jeff has anticipated this uh, next segment here for a while. Yeah, I like every once in a while to show something that I say uh, before we start. Hold on to your hats because Kansas is going bye-bye. Uh, I promise you your your perception of relationships will be radically changed by the end of the, the time this afternoon here that we I have to work with you. So Already we have people like Willow that are blazing the trail there. <laughs> But uh, we've met, hopefully this will be a boost for everybody uh, to to really get into authentic, holy relationship. Because a lot of times, you know, people when they start to look at specialness and they start to look at guilt and they start to look at the way that they've used relationships in the past, they feel terrible and. Uh, it reminds me also that uh, in the early years, I started going to the Foundation for A Course in Miracles with Ken Wabnick and Gloria Wabnick back in 1990. Uh, and I met a woman there who was uh, working in the kitchen, and we had some great talks. But she said, well, when Ken would do a, a workshop on special relationships, um, they had to order seven times as much food uh, than usual when uh, he was going into special relationships because people would just stuff their faces, uh, not maybe consciously, but it was just that the it was exposing so much darkness that they were so uncomfortable with all this darkness that it was flooding up into their awareness that they would just race over to the cafeteria and stuff their faces before the next workshop. And um, so a lot of what I talked about today was kind of exposing the ego in, in terms of its control, its possession, and its need to reinforce linear time. That's basically all the ego is trying to do is reinforce itself as it wants to exist. So it's trying to use linear time to reinforce itself. And therefore we have all these strange kind of uh, ideas about relationships. Like I think if you talk to most people, they would say, well, the longer a relationship lasts, the better. You know, I've seen some people say, I'm tired of these little en encounters here and there, and, and I want to get into some depth. I want a, I want a long-term, holy relationship. And the Course still uses the term in some places referring to to two people coming together, and he has, what are the levels of teaching, some of you are familiar with that in the Manual for Teachers, the, the uh, casual encounter, and then the fairly intense teaching learning situation, and then the lifelong learning partner. But basically, before he even goes into that, he basically says that there really are no levels in God's plan. So he's throwing out, he's just giving some examples that you might be able to relate to, but actually, there are no levels in, uh, of teaching that you can have salvation come in any instant with any person, place, or thing. And, uh, and it, he's not so big on longevity like the ego is because the ego wants the continuity that exists in what it calls long-term relationships. So there's a lot of people I know that 
You know, uh, my grandmother and my grandfather were married for 57 years, and a lot of people that I know, it's almost like I've traveled around the world so many times, and I've been in so many households, and sometimes the, the two that are living under the same roof, it's almost like they're sticking it out, but sometimes they're really at each other. I mean, even the cats and the dogs are like looking at them like, oh, rolling their eyes. Like, you know, it's, it's more like a war zone, and somehow I think people hang in these relationships, uh, linear relationships sometimes so long because they almost think, well, sometimes it's for the children and sometimes it's for financial reasons and they give them all these lists of reasons why they stick it out. Uh, and of course there's a lot of mirroring going on, but but generally you got to be inspired, you got to be joyful to wake up from this dream. You're not, it's not like a sacrificial game where you slug it out for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and then all of a sudden you get bonus points in heaven. The Holy Spirit sees the entire cosmos in only one way, and it's simultaneous. So the Holy Spirit, you don't get any brownie points for being married for 50 years. You think you're going to show up and go, well, I want some extra brownie points here in heaven for all of my struggles on earth for all those years. Nope. God doesn't even know about time, so you're not getting any rewards from God, uh, first of all. And second of all, the Holy Spirit sees the only simultaneously. And so the Holy Spirit wants to inspire you to shift your perception from looking at the particulars and all the fragments to fuse and see the big dance I was talking about, like the big river dance the big dance of perception, and as fast as possible. You don't, you don't get any brownie points for you know, hanging in with the ego. The Holy Spirit wants you to come and wake up as fast as possible. And so the Holy Spirit's use of relationship, which I should add one more time, is the only use of relationship. There is no other use. Don't think you're going to go to plan B on the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit's use is the only use of relationships, and it's to reach a holistic perception. And the thing about it is, it's all vibrational. It's like, the more you get lined up with the Holy Spirit, and you can shine your light, and teach what you would learn, and draw forth witnesses of love, the more that you get into that, the faster it seems to go. Even though, in reality, it's just an instant, but it, it seems that way. So, I have to say, again, I'll just dip back real quickly into the parable of David, was that when I started opening myself to the Course and going to these Course meetings, I was not a social person at all, but I did give it all over to the Holy Spirit, and I said, whatever, you use me, you use it all for your purposes, I give you everything. Then the Holy Spirit had me going at one point to five Course meetings, a week and meeting all these people and then I went from being kind of anti-social to being kind of immersed almost like a, a car commercial from zero to fifty in 5.2 seconds I just went I, I started having lots of witnesses and lots of reflections to my mind because I was just willing to not try to control the process of relationship so most people tend to think of relationship as in a very personal way, like okay, I'm, they they date. Well, I like this about him, and I didn't like this about her, and almost like they're shopping for groceries. 
um, people date and they shop for partners very much like they're shopping. They squeeze the merchandise and they they open it up, take the plastic off and sniff it a bit. And, you know, people are like this as if they control the relationships they're going to get into and not. And, and they want to find a good partner that's compatible and everything. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit wants every encounter to be used for watch your mind, notice your thoughts, Notice what's going on inside your own mind, always, because really, remember, there's only one of us, there's only one mind, and that mind has to be given over for purification. It's not like all these personalities, and likes attract, and opposites attract, and all these things, and checking things out. It's actually giving it all over to the Holy Spirit, and saying, I'm willing to go through whatever is needed, but I, I need to go through a purification. I went from being very shy, very introverted, antisocial, loner, to basically traveling around the world and meeting thousands and thousands upon thousands of brothers and sisters in gatherings like we're having right now, devoted to a single purpose. Well, that'll light you up if you give yourself over so fully to a new purpose which is not based on past associations, preferences, uh, trying to fulfill a need, uh, trying to fulfill a whole that's lacking all the ego purposes for entering into an interpersonal relationship. This is much broader, and that's what I think this movie gathering will, will be this afternoon. It will give you a real taste of that. Because it's like you're not really here to try to continue on with the ego's selective perception of pick and choose, but basically you're here to, to fan that vibrational connection you have with God. If you have a flame in your heart, it doesn't matter if it's just a flicker, but if you keep fanning that and going with that flicker, with that spark in your heart, then it will transform your whole perception of everything. Like, for example, let's take some contrast. Like in the old days, it was like, oh, you get to a certain phase of your life and you're ready. Maybe you think you'll go on some dates. And whether they're blind dates or whether you're just going on some dating, you know, you have like a dating phase and maybe you, there's a little flirting and then a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And sometimes you decide to give it a go. Back in the old days, people would get married. Nowadays, you know, maybe they decide to move in and live together, whatever, you go through these different things. But oftentimes what I hear from people is, they go, well, I've been married to the same person for all these years, but we, we don't think alike, we don't like the same things, we're not valued, we don't have a spark. I'm like, and what are you doing in the relationship? What, where's the inspiration? If there's no inspiration, if you're, if you're not having a spark, then you really have to take a look at, at what the purpose is for your relationships. If you feel like you're, you're completely shut off from the world, or you're involved in relationships that are draining you, that are chipping away at you, that feel like they're helping you put one foot in the grave faster than you had anticipated, that's not good. Uh, you need to be inspired. You should be going lighter and lighter and lighter and happier and happier as you give yourself over to the Holy Spirit's purpose. I think of this old way of dating, and uh, it was some years ago where I, I heard somebody say, well, we've, they've developed speed dating. 
I said, speed dating? What's speed dating? Well, you go to a restaurant and, you know, you have like three hours and you have, like every ten minutes you shift and you go on a new date. I thought, well, that's new. That blows my ideas of dating out of the water. Speed dating. They said, yeah, you, you can get like maybe five or six uh, dates per hour and then you go for three hours and you come back the next week and you speed date again. Wow. That's interesting. It's interesting when they talk to the people who went speed dating, they say, well, I felt a connection here and I felt a connection there, and they would talk more about their vibrational connections. You know? Isn't that interesting? Um, with, with the topic we're talking about, relationships, where do you feel the vibrational connection? Where is there a draw? Where is there where you feel like there's an intuitive guidance prompting you into something? And maybe after one night, after you've had like maybe 18 dates, you go home and you go, huh, that was interesting. What was, what was, what drew me about this whole night? What kind of things were they talking about or I was talking about where I felt some excitement and some joy? You know, most people are not thinking in terms of vibrational connection, they're sticking it out. Almost like they're going to get a bounty point or bonus points when they go to the Angel Michael. Oh yeah, I was in the relationship for 45 years. Michael, Angel Michael, what was the quality of your relationship? Quality? I just told you, 45 years. What are you talking about, quality? Yeah, I want to know the quality. Was there authentic love there? Was there, was there a depth? Were you expanding in your partnership? Expanding? Hell, I was trying to make it through the 45 years that you're talking about expanding. Listen, this is all about expanding perception. It's, remember back in the 60s, the days of the 60s, like raise your consciousness, higher consciousness? Things haven't changed. It's still about higher consciousness. It's about higher awareness. If you're stuck and you feel like you're dragging through the same old, same old, get your hula hoop out of your closet and get out there and start hula hooping. Put on your grass skirt and do some dancing. Come on now, if you guys are bored in your relationships and you feel like it's a war zone where you're throwing a grenade over and then you throw one back and, and you're like nipping at each other and there's little snide remarks and everything like this, get out! You know, you've, you've got to get out of your perception of the relationships because these relationships, under, and remember the Holy Spirit's the only one who uses them. You don't have, you can't use them. But the Holy Spirit's the only one that can use them, and He only uses it to expand your perception, to reach the atonement, to reach the ex most expanded perception, the final illusion, before God takes the final step and lifts you back to heaven. So, that's one thing I would say, is that part of what we're going to watch today in this movie is, is the main characters are really going to be into this thing of, this is almost like a, 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 a different society where your, your dates are arranged. So basically you don't have to worry about which restaurant you're going to meet at, where you're going to meet, all those kind of details. No, you carry a little pod, which is like your, your coach. It's like your life coach, and your life coach says, you'll be meeting at such and such a restaurant tonight, at such and such a time. So the date, 
the dates are arranged, the relationships are arranged, how long you spend with the person, that's all arranged. This is sounding a little bit familiar because this is actually what's happening on planet Earth. Everything that you're perceiving and watching, all the relationships that you had, are all part of a pre-arranged script that actually is already over. Whatever you're going to do in this lifetime, you've already done it. And Jesus tells us that we, we but seem to be making the journey, but we actually stand at time's end and we're looking back, imagining we're still playing out what has already happened. So for some of you who are into predestination and, and you wonder how psychics can be accurate like Nostradamus and some of the famous psychics, is because it's a pre-arranged script and you may think you have free will, like who you're going to date, what spiritual journey you're going to take, what you're going to do. No, no. Only thing you have control over is your purpose. You only have control over your purpose in your mind. Everything else is, is pre-arranged. It's lesson number seven from A Course in Miracles. I see only the past. You're, you're perceiving a world that's already gone by. Um, kind of like when you, when you look up at nighttime and, and stare into the sky and you look at the stars, now we know, the scientists tell us those were just burning gases, and the stars are so far away that the little twinkle star that you're going, oh, isn't that cute, the cute twinkle star, it's already burned out. It's gone. You're looking at something that's been over and gone for a long time ago, and you're just admiring the, the light, but the light's just reaching you. It's been burned out. It's just, it's a burned out star, but you're just seeing the light just reaching you. And it's very similar to relationships. When you just have a bunch of past ideas and you keep enacting these past associations out over and over, and you know, you're playing the old grocery store thing, oh, I like, I'm attracted to this, but I, I could use a little less of this, but I want a little more of this. Listen, that, that game is not going to wake you up. It's not going to expand your perception. You're just basically perceiving what you already believe. And you can notice that, and you can start to change your purpose again, and expose those false beliefs. So every encounter is meaningful to the Holy Spirit, but it's also, it's about mirroring, it's about exposing, it's about undoing, as we've talked before, it's about unlearning, and more importantly, it's about joy. The Holy Spirit is expanding your perception so that you can have more consistent joy. And doesn't that make sense? If you're trying to approach heaven, which is pure joy, that even your experiences on earth would be more and more expansively joyful, more consistently joyful, as you have less judgments, as you have left less control, as you have less um, possession, your experiences will get more and more and more expansive. I actually feel like that's, that's what you'll perceive in this generation, is more of an expansiveness where you feel like every day when you wake up, you're going to be ready to jump out of bed and be ready for all the holy encounters that you're going to have. And each holy encounter that you have is going to expand your perception a little bit more. That's how it went in the parable of David. 
I went again from shy, closed down, loner, so on and so forth. And then all these holy encounters at restaurants, basements, back doors, Course in Miracles groups in 40-some countries. And what it did was it just helped open my mind up because I just was showing up to be a servant of God and, and to be an agent for spirit and then it was everything that came through me was really for my mind to expand my perception. So in the end I could embrace everyone. I could have a perception where there were no enemies. It was just all inclusive. Everything was completely all inclusive. So the main characters, we'll get to see them at the beginning of this uh, video adventure we're going to be on tonight and and um, they're going to be guided by these life coaches, these little pods that they carry and um, they they have the same nervousness meeting a new person, um, the same kind of awkwardness that comes up in dating and relationships, they have, they have the same kind of lessons they're going to go through Except these pods, if they choose, they can ask how long their relationship will last. So oftentimes that's a favorite thing on the first date. They both check their pods together to see if it's going to be, you know, 10 hours, 2 weeks, 5 years, you know, they get to know all of this and then kind of relax into the rhythm of what, what is given them. Their assignments these dates are very important assignments for expanding the mind. And so this is going to be a whole different way of looking at relationships from what you've been accustomed to looking at relationships as through the past filter. This is a, a brand new way. I think the other thing about this is that as they start to go through a series of these assignments, they start to realize that that the time uh, factor is not so important to them. That there's other qualities that are much more important than time. We know that the ego invented time, so to come to a full sense of gratitude, a joy, a feeling of connection, a vibrational connection, that's the purpose, not how long. Would you rather spend one instant completely joined with someone, or 50 years of of dancing around the truth. You know, would you rather have a short relationship that pops your mind wide open or a long relationship that that leaves you moving like a snail through time and space uh, still clinging to these old past ideas and past association? I'm just trying to make it easy for you. You know, there's there's an obvious answer and you don't really want to be clinging to the past uh, and using relationships to just reinforce the past, or looking for continuity, believing that you're looking for love in a long-term relationship, remember the Holy Spirit wants you to come into the present moment to find that intimacy, to sink inside yourself, inside your mind, and come into the greatest int intimacy you could ever know with the Spirit, not come out with a false sense of a long-term, linear, basically substitute for love. Uh, linear time was made by the ego to take the place of who you are, to take the place of divine love. This was a, a substitute for love. 
linear, when you see relationships in a very linear way, that's specialness. When you come back zooming into the present moment, and you suddenly can look at the world and go, Oh my God, I made it all up for this one instant to see that none of this is me and that I have a divine source, a divine creator that is wants to be with me and has, has never stopped thinking of me and has been calling me home since linear times seem to begin. You can come to the escape hatch and come to the point, get to the point of what this is all really about. And the main characters are going to do that tonight. They're going to go from awkward, uh, trying to uh, to interact in an interpersonal way and to a point of, of escape from all of time and space. Ascension. So that's why we have renamed this movie. We've, Jeff, we've hijacked it, we've renamed it, uh, what was it called? Asc Ascension Through Relationship. Ascension through relationship. We, we're, we're not only making many movies now, but we're, re we're renaming them. You already heard my words on copyright. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind if people steal anything that I share and, and I use everything that the world has to offer to help for the Great Awakening. And I don't even apologize about it. I'm, I'm, I'm here, I would rather see all you happy than anything else. So I've, I'm even renaming uh, movies now. I might rename Gone with the Wind to something like Ascend in Joy, you know, and you would never even know the first title. <laughs> so this is Ascending in, through, Ascending through Relationship. This has been renamed. That's why Jeff doesn't know it, because we just invented it. <laughs> but I think you're going to enjoy it. So, I mean, buckle your seatbelts, because uh, your old perception of relationships with all the guilt and struggle and strain you're going to have some options to see a new way, and then we'll have a beautiful discussion. And I might pause it a few times, too. If I if I give the signal to Camus, uh, we'll we'll pause it and we'll talk on the way. So, here we go. Can I try some? Are we allowed to do that? Okay, stop it. Fuck it. <laughs> I love it. We caught her reaction there. Listen, this is a big problem in relationships on earth. Is Are we allowed to do that? And always looking over your shoulders, looking at your parents, looking at the neighbors, looking at your Course in Miracles group. Am I allowed to do that? Can I? Is it alright? There's so much insecurity about relationships, and there's such a fear of intimacy, divine intimacy, that, that the mind is in a bad habit of constantly looking for externals for its cues. And you have to learn to be much more internal and much more intuitive about these things. Yes, you're allowed to do things. Yes, there are, it's the ego's world and there's a lot of ego laws and a lot of mores and standards and codes and everything, but if you're going to follow the Holy Spirit, you have to have a little chutzpah. You've got to have a little spunk. You've got to be a little feisty, like we just heard her, you know. <laughs> Are we allowed to do that? She's like, fuck it, you know. It's like, come on, you, 
you're you're going to have to go into these encounters with some with some spunk and with the holy spirit guiding you and being intuitive you can't you can't just let all these past associations clamp you down and keep you so guilty of course you already feel a little anxious you feel a little awkward to begin with but that's because of guilt that pool of guilt that i told you about that's down there is going to hamper relationships because it's the past the guilt is all based on past associations and so already in this little mini movie we see that that they've just met each other using their little coaches and that little coach might be considered to be like uh the holy spirit in the sense that it can tell you anything that you need to know anything that's relevant and also remember i talked about the 52 card pickup earlier you know picking all giving all the cards over back in the deck to the holy spirit that means giving your relationships over to the holy spirit to guide not your ego telling you who to date who to see who to marry all these things you can't be driven by the ego because the ego wants you to be stuck in time and space and the holy spirit wants to expand your perception to take you back to nirvana back to heaven beyond time and space so that little coach is is there's going to be they're going to have reactions to the coach sometimes they don't always agree with the coach sometimes they talk back to the coach but the coach is a symbol in this mini movie of the guidance and you know i always liked hearing that a good teacher will always teach to make him or herself unnecessary don't you like that i was a saying i loved about teacher a good teacher will teach so well as to make him or herself unnecessary because because the pupil learns what needs to be learned and then it no longer is dependent on the teacher anymore actually the holy spirit is the same way the holy spirit is just a presence in the mind to help you expand your perception so you could forgive and reach the happy dream and then the holy spirit becomes unnecessary gone because you wake up to heaven the holy spirit is like a bridge back to heaven and this these coaches are just there to help guide them guide them to the point where they can have a recognition of who they really are and then the coaches no longer needed that's why i love to see happy people every time i see happy people that are joyful i realize that i'm unnecessary <laughs> i'm completely unnecessary which makes me feel so joyful because you you've know you've fulfilled your function when you see all these witnesses of happiness around you you know there's nothing more than happiness and and there's no dependency set up you don't want a dependency of the student on the teacher you do want to become god dependent become very intuitive only so that the holy spirit can say okay you did it and and here we are we're here together in remembrance of god and now the learning the undoing the unwinding is all over so the watch how the coach works with them and watch also how there comes a point when it comes to the final step you get to take that one without uh needing the coach the coach's point purpose is to just get you to the point to let go of the past to let go of the limits to let go of the fear and let go of the guilt once you reach the point of 
being able to, to release that past, that fear and guilt, then the coach becomes absolutely unnecessary. And that's another great little foreshadowing of what's to come. Okay. And then we break up with someone. How to break up with someone? Okay, now. That's the nightmare. It's not that when it's all mapped out. God, no. So much simpler when it's all mapped out. Mm. Okay, pause it there. It is much simpler. It is much simpler when you're following guidance. You don't have so many, you're not overwhelmed with all the choices of this world. You know, Jesus did his Sermon on the Mount, and, and I always say the two shortest teachings Jesus had were judge not and be passers-by. So if we look at the judge not, the problem with, with the teaching is not the teaching itself. Judge not is really a good, it's a good teaching to find peace of mind, but it's the practical application of that in the world. People for 2,000 years have been saying, okay, how? How do I do that? And in A Course in Miracles, Jesus again simplifies by saying that, that the Holy Spirit is evaluative in this world. As you perceive yourself as a character in this world of fragmentation and separation, the Holy Spirit's guidance is evaluative. It will tell you, go here, go there, do this, do that. It, it, that's the way to simplify it for you. Like that conversation they have, they're having, they're just lying there in bed. She said, wow, before, before the system, before the Holy Spirit, it was, the, it was very mental. In other words, there were so many options, and then there was so much emotional charge around one feature, which is the breakup, saying goodbye. Why? Why is there so much charge around saying goodbye? Why is there so much charge around breaking up? Because it's a reverberation way down into that pool of guilt around the separation from God. If you have had abandonment issues in this world, if you've had issues of rejection, if you've had issues where you feel you've been left or jilted, uh, whatever, if you have issues around saying goodbye uh, or leaving somebody, or if you have issues around being left by somebody, those are all just reverberations of the ego and the belief that separation from God is possible. That's the huge abandonment issue. That's the huge rejection issue. That's really what's going on in the mind, way down deep. It's not being rejected or abandoned by a person. It's just that that is a reflection in form of this deeper belief in abandonment by God. And I might remind you that God has not abandoned anybody. First of all, God didn't create time and space. Uh, God didn't set up a Garden of Eden where some snake could come along uh, and, and say a few words and then, boom, paradise is destroyed by the talking snake. Uh, no, I'm sorry, that is not the real God. God, does, God didn't create a paradise that could get shattered so quickly. It wasn't as if God left us here in the world. It was more the belief is, is that we've somehow thrown away heaven and now we're stuck with linear time. But it's not God who forced Adam and Eve out of the garden. This was a temptation or a choice to believe a lie. And of course, it's not 
a lie is not the truth, so you can, it's just an error to be corrected, and that's what all this healing is go about right now. We're just going through the correction process of releasing the belief in separation from God. But in this movie, in this mini-movie we have here, they're, you can see kind of like they're very playful. They actually have a good chemistry. There's a, there's a, a, they're joking with each other uh, every so often, and there's a lightness there. And now they're kind of getting, laying there uh, with their clothes on and just pondering things a little bit. But um, there's actually a, a pretty strong feeling of purpose in these two coming together. Whether they recognize this or not doesn't matter because it's the, it's the Holy Spirit using the relationship to take them beyond all their concepts of time and relationships. And, and we're there at the, the beginning with them. So let's go back and see how their 10 hours work out. 12 hours. <laughs> this is really foreshadowing the holy instant. Just lying there in stillness and sinking into all that love. It's that simple. It doesn't, it's not a complicated thing. <laughs> it's the most simple, obvious experience that anyone could ever have is just relaxing becoming more relaxed, more relaxed, and just sinking into that feeling of love and feeling of connection. There's really nothing complex about it. The ego would try to make everything complex. It tries to make love complex because, of course, it's made up its own version of love and it doesn't believe in God or in eternal reality. So. It's, it's always going to try to complicate everything, but, but the truth is simple. The truth is so simple, and it's a vibrational connection, and it's a recognition. And to tell you the truth, you can have this, Jesus tells us, with anything. With, with anything in time and space, you can just join your mind so fully with anything in this dream that you're, there's such a joining that you just merge with it and recognize that it's all all your mind. It just takes one instant of recognition for that. And here they are just coming together under the guidance of the coach and and uh, just having one of those glorious holy instants together. Okay, pause it here. So, you, you see now their next experience is that they can't joke. They can't joke with the partners. They don't laugh at the jokes. And so, if you find yourself going through these kind of experiences, you should take note of this. You know, there should be a lightness. You have to be able to laugh at idiosyncrasies, you have to be able to laugh at things. The ego is always going to try to accentuate differences. It's always going to be looking for differences. The Holy Spirit always looks for the sameness, the laughter, the joy. In fact, if you go back to the entire separation story that Jesus tells, you know, it's, in the Bible there's one, Jesus gives a little version in the Course with no snake and 
and no garden and everything. It's just into eternity where all is one, there crept a tiny mad idea at which the Son of God remembered not to laugh. The problem was not laughing and taking serious the idea of separation. So in your relationships, there has to be a sense of lightness and humor. And you have to be able to laugh at mistakes. You're not there to point out errors. You're not there to point fingers. You're not there to blame. You're not there to make wrong. You're not there to make moral judgments, whatever that is. You know, morality is a, is a very uh, relative term on, in time and space because nobody can agree on, on it. There are, are great disagreements around morality and ethics. But you're there to feel that vibrational connection that allows you to relax even more and that helps you expand your perception. That's, that's really a good use of time. If, if you are with somebody, it doesn't matter. If you go out to eat and you have, feel a connection, a joyful lightness with the, with the chef or with the waitress or the maitre d', if you're out at a market and you feel this joyful connection um, I think even last night Anna was talking about uh, the neighbor who she didn't know was the neighbor because he he had grown the beard, but there was this joyful connection of lightness about what a wonderful day, what a wonderful day it is, and that's the kind of holy encounter that, that you want to have. You want to start to feel relaxed, to extend the love that you are, and feel that reflection come back to you. Because you need to build your confidence. And, and it, remember, we're not looking at it in terms of time. In this mini-movie, they, they can check with their coach how long the relationship, the assignment's going to be. They're not concerned about a breakup. It's all part of a written script. And believe it or not, that's the way it is with this world too. You know, the, everything that you think is a beginning or an ending is all just part of a prearranged script. No big deal. It's not like when, when, when there's a parting, it's not like the angels are all crying, Oh God, it, was, it, it had such potential, and, and then and they broke up, you know. No, this is, this is not like that. When you have multiple encounters with people, and they're given over to the Holy Spirit for purpose, you know that that's going to open your heart up, and it's going to expand your perception. I know it, it did for me, and if, let's take an example like uh, Oprah Winfrey, for example. You know, she gets her show, she gets her TV show, it's, it's her big break, and she does the Oprah show, and I don't know if you, any of you watched it, but she had a lot of different guests come on, and she really liked when people would come out, and, and they could talk about issues from a real place of depth, you know, really pour your heart out. And you know how many people over all those years she had her show, she had a lot of people that came on that, those chairs and couches. And she was, the spirit behind Oprah was using that to expand Oprah's perception. And all the viewers that tuned in who were able to watch those heartfelt 
discussions about whether she was talking about her body image or weight or whether she was talking about her book of the month. She was curious. She would bring different ones on to explore, to expand. Reminds me of the ancient Greeks, how they would sit around in the pools and just have deep discussions to expand their mind, expand their perception. You can do the same thing with your relationships. Some of you were probably there last month when I did the sickness and healing and level confusion talk. And I was talking there about how the body is a means and not an end. The Holy Spirit sees the body as a means and not an end. A means for what? A means for communication and a means for expanding your perception. That's the only temporary value that the body has. It's a means of communication and a means of expanding your perception. It's not meant to be used for all the other things that the ego makes up for it. Because if you follow the ego's purpose, then the body will just do what it does. It'll just get sick and die. And, and when you misuse the body, in other words, the Holy Spirit's use of the body, again, is the only true use. And then when you let the ego use the body, then that's where you face the consequences of, of wrong-mindedness and wrong decisions. It's the same with relationships. You have to start to think of your body just as a tool that the Holy Spirit can use to expand your perception, expand your consciousness. That's the only way to see the body in a helpful way. If you think of your body as, as, a, as an end, if you think, okay, I've got this body and it's the only body I've got right now, so I'm going to try to improve the condition of the body and uh, maybe I have a single model here, but maybe if I could get a double model, a couple model, then that would be an upgrade to go from a lonely single model to a couple model. And then you do all these things to improve the condition of the body and to improve all the good things in life that the body can experience and everything. This is all ego. And basically you will not reach an expanded perception if you're coming from seeing the body as an end, which is typically an interpersonal relationship it's like, okay, I've got a body, you've got a body. What can your body do for me, and what can my body do for you? Hey, listen, that's going nowhere. That, that may be the standard for relationships in this world, but it's, it's not going to raise your consciousness, because there's a lot of reciprocity, there's a lot of need, and there's all kinds of struggle that comes from seeing the body in this way. But if it's just a communication device, to expand your perception, then time is not so much of a pressure anymore because you're not on a time limit, you know. A lot of these cultural things are all about uh, finding a partner and you better, like the, Susan Huckluck was doing the, the, the levels of mind and the instrument for peace, and it was all about a breakup. And part of the consequences of, of a breakup was feeling alone in life. And you know, there's a lot of conditioning about you should have a partner, you should have this, you should have that, your life isn't worth it, your life isn't fulfilling without these things. Listen, this is all just conditioning and programming. All the basics is, it's the Holy Spirit wants to use the body to expand your perception. And if you allow it to be used that way, 
you will feel yourself becoming more and more expansive. You may even have mystical experiences in which you get a taste of direct union with God just from a willingness to move in that direction, to let it be used in that way. And then the old way, it, with the body seen as an end, there's all these expectations that are placed on the body, and then it's a big deal when a body leaves another body. You know, that's, in the ego's perception, that's a big deal. There's trauma, there's all kinds of abandonment issues, rejection issues, all those deeper issues in the mind come up, and you do still have to forgive them, but, but it's really because there's so much investment placed on the body. Another thing that I talked about in the sickness uh, gathering we did last month, and it applies to this too, is that this is a purification of your mind. So Jesus says in the Course, you may believe that you're responsible for what you do, but not for what you think. Jesus says, actually you are responsible for what you think. So the ego has made up this linear world with all these bodies, and everybody walks around with these memories of guilt of what they did wrong with the body, the behaviors they wish they hadn't done, the things that they wish they should have done, or could have done but didn't do, all these regrets, all these all these hurts and grievances that are all tied onto the body. And remember, God didn't create the body, the ego projected the body, and it uses all these memories of so-called wrongs as a reason why you are so unworthy, as a reason why you are so guilty. It's using all this fear, false evidence, appearing real, when really all you really need is a purification in your mind. And that's going to be the Holy Spirit to help with that. You, all you have to do is purify your mind and your heart. You don't have to be concerned about the behaviors. Even if you could sit there and tell me, oh, I did this wrong, and I have this regret, and I did this, I, have a, I keep this a secret because I'm so ashamed of this, and so much of this, this. You can just give all those memories to the Holy Spirit, and He will correct everything. He will correct everything because the correction has to come at the level of the mind. You don't go and try to redo behaviors and, and think that that's going to take you back. You actually have to have a, a, a transformation of consciousness in order to wake up. So as we're going to see in our mini-movie here, um, now they're both in their second relationships and both of them are starting to notice things. And just by noticing these things, I think they are also gaining an appreciation for just the simple the simple connection and the, the light, joyful connection of being able to joke about things. They're already starting to see a bit of a contrast and learn from that. Jason's calling a timeout here. We have to get... So the question I've got is, because like here the deeper we go in the community and just into mind training itself, you know, you have to face deeper darkness and the unconscious. How can you tell the difference between, oh man, I got 365 days left and it's a sacrifice versus, oh, I got 365 days left 
and I've got something to learn. I can't even tell in my attitude between the two, but yeah, maybe you could just speak on that a bit. Yeah, it's, it's all in the coach. You have to trust the coach. Jason's asking about how, how can you tell if it's like a sacrifice or something. But, but see, this is the overall system of, of, I was talking about trusting the Holy Spirit, trusting the guidance. I mean, if you really look at, at the very first meeting, he had, he had all this awkwardness and he was constantly looking over his shoulder outside of himself. Even though it was a very joyful, glorious encounter there they were having, you could see that he was, he was having, he was looking over his shoulder, he was doubtful, and, um, and, and there was a lot of awkwardness, even, you could say, some desperation in when they came together about, she said, we, we could both fit on the bed, and he, he rushed in there, and this and that. There was a desperation there. And so his next relationship he gets is a year, and and his we, he will have to learn tolerance, patience, and he will have to open open up and, and learn not to to judge the form. Because there's something underneath, there's a need underneath there that has to be met. And so the spirit, you know, he's he's at this point like thinking he's looking at his little time reminder and it's three hundred and sixty five days and it hasn't even finished one day. And, and already he's, he's like thinking, I want out. But, but the way the coach is saying, you know, everything is learned from everything. There's no mistake encounters. There's nothing that ever is going wrong. But the Spirit provides us a, many encounters in many different ways where we have to face things. We can't even judge the particular lesson. Maybe it's like a year of flushing up, um, this sense of unworthiness, like that he's worthy of love. Because you can tell that when he had his first, the first relationship thing for 12 hours, there was a bubbling kind of joy there. But he also had a lot of unworthiness underneath. And, and whereas he's kind of impatient looking at the thing, I think the woman, um, her thing is associating unworthiness with short relationships. So, she, you know, when they first got the thing that was 12 hours, she was like, it's a bit short. She was the one. Because for her, worthiness is tied into the length of a relationship. She's maybe thinking, 12 hours? Like, wow, I really like you, and we've got a great connection, and the coach has given us 12 hours together. So there's a time thing for her. So maybe in her case, it's starting to, a, a curriculum plays out where she can start to understand that it's not a matter of time. Time isn't the, isn't the thing that holds us back. It's the use of time. Time is completely neutral. But when we have unconscious ego things that need to get flushed up and released, then time is completely neutral to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit just gives the length of time that would be helpful in the next step of clearing and uncovering. So you can see, as we move along with this, you'll be able to see that even clearer and clearer. You know, he's basically uh, seeing, this woman is not laughing at my jokes, she's controlling in sexuality, she's, she's got a, a kind of a commentary on things, and seems to have a lot of strong opinions and views, and, and he's, he's in a period of 
of forgiveness and, and watching that for the, for the time that is required for him to loosen from that, to move on. So it, there's a progression with this, that you ha but you have to trust the life coach because the life coach is like the Holy Spirit, it, it knows what you need for the unwinding and then at some point you won't need the life coach anymore. You know, there'll be a, an absolute recognition of who you are and the need for coaching vanishes there too. Okay, beautiful. Why don't we pause it here? So, you know, the old saying is you better be careful what you pray for because you may get it. Oh, you always get it. The mind always gets exactly what it wants. And you remember that uh, diagram that Susan was going through last night with the desire in the middle, and then the beliefs, then the thoughts, then the emotions, and then the perceptions. It all starts way down deep in the mind with what you want. But because of the unconscious mind, because there's so many beliefs, ego beliefs that have to be cleared out, that when you believe in the ego, you believe in, in contradictory things. In other words, in heaven there are no contradictions. But to believe in the ego is to believe that it's possible to separate from God, and that brings into the the sleeping mind, the mind that's fallen asleep and forgotten God, it brings in multiple desires because there, there are multiple beliefs. It's really, desire is the power of the mind, the prayer of the heart, but when you have ego beliefs it gets fragmented and that's why you could say that human beings seem to be walking around this world but, but beneath it, their mind, they really don't know what they want. If they were clear what they wanted, and if they wanted only God, then they would experience heaven. That's the final prayer on the ladder of prayer. Father, what is your will for me? If, when you become clear in your mind, when you empty out all these false beliefs and false thoughts, then the mind becomes unified. The mind becomes clear. And with this clarity, it prepares itself to wake up to heaven. And so in this little movie, mini movie we're watching right now, they had a, like a 12 hour time together, they could feel this connection and lightness and joking, and even though it was just 12 hours, there was something really felt there, there was a deep connection felt there. Now these next relationships, they're starting to face and see some of the things that they, that they don't like. And that, you have to remember, that's how projection works. If you're still holding on to something unconsciously, if you're still holding on to something in your mind, the ego says, get rid of it. And the way the ego says to get rid of it is project it out and see it as if it's somebody else or something else. But it's always your own mind. It's always the mind is where the issue is. It's never in persons. The problem is not in persons. It's like when they invented television, you know, and they would have some hang-ups happening with network broadcasting and and people, the early days of television, when the television just invented and all of a sudden they would have broadcasting difficulties and then they would put a sound on and then a message would come on these old black and white TVs 
The problem is not in your set. Do not touch the dial. Because people right away went to try, trying to turn the dials on these old things, thinking the problem was in their television set. When it was a broadcasting problem, the network was, it was a brand new early days of broadcasting. It's the same with the mind. Whatever thoughts you're thinking are broadcasting this world. Everything you perceive is not really an external world. The five senses are, or more, the eyes are not receivers of light, they're projectors. And the ears are not uh, receivers of sound, like we were taught in science. They're actually like speakers. You got your pioneer speakers on here. Jason's got his pioneer <laughs> speakers <laughs> over there, projecting out a world of sound. <laughs> And that we're reversing the laws that we were taught in science because everything is generated from the mind and, and consciousness and is projecting out. So, in this little scenario they have, they're starting to notice things that they don't like. She's got a partner now where she thought, when she first saw him, she's like, wow. And then, ah, ah. You know, it's like, she's, ah. she's just like, she's making it as a joke. But he didn't laugh. He said, what, do I do that? He's not, even, he's not even conscious of his ah. And she's starting to feel an irritation with the ah. And on the other hand, you know, he's seeing all kinds of things in his partner that he doesn't like. And now he's, he's even gotten to the point where he's taken, what was it, garlic? And the garlic dip, and now he took another one just to spite her, uh, because she was saying, oh great, like thanks, garlic. You see, this is what I was talking about with those relationships where there's almost like a little tit-for-tat going on, and they're not really loving relationships at all. They're, there's a lot of hatred um, under the surface that's starting to come up. And it's not really recognized. When you start reacting and responding to your partner in a hateful way, then the ego is pleased because you're thoroughly reinforcing the ego when you just get into a hatred mode and want to stay there and want to justify it and want to want to reinforce it. That's not going to work at all. So, yeah, we're just at the beginning here now. We're ready for our, our uh, two to continue on in their journey and, and see where it goes. Okay, pause it there. The thing about it is, the, when you're not focused on your purpose, what are you focused on? Time. Imagine you're working at a job and you're not really feeling fulfilled and, and like you're really at the place where you're meant to be and everything. What are you focused on? The, at the end of the day, the time. How long till I get to leave? And that happens in relationships too. We can all relate to what this little mini-movie is showing. If you're not into the joy of your purpose, if you're not into the joy of this moment, you will by default be into the purpose of the ego. Because there's only the spirit and the ego in your mind. You don't have any other options. You're either into the joy of expanding your perception and the joy of the miracles and the purpose, or you're going to be paying close attention to time. And that's because the, the mind that believes in time feels trapped. And even when we were kids, when we were playing and we just lost track of time, maybe in the summertime or when we were having so much fun, 
we had so much joy when we lost track of the passage of time. Time is actually neutral to the Holy Spirit. It's, it's actually neutral. It's not positive or negative. The Holy Spirit uses time to unwind your mind from the belief in time. And the ego uses time to re reinforce your belief in linear time. So they're diametrically opposed. And, and I think in relationships, if we're honest, we can really start to see that's where this plays out. One of the ways that it plays out. Certainly in jobs, relationship, and in different areas. But um, if you're starting to feel like you're trapped or you, you're starting to wish you were somewhere else, then then you start daydreaming, you start fantasizing about being somewhere else or with someone else, and that is how the ego operates. It always has all these fantasies and it's trying to keep you caught up in the next fantasy, so that instead of focusing on your purpose, which is forgiveness, the ego will keep you caught up in fantasies and hypotheticals. Oh, I'd be so much happier if this and this, if I was working a different job, if I had a different partner, if I had more money. The if, 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 all the hypotheticals are just the ego's ways of fantasizing that things could be better if they were different. And that right there is the ego's plan of salvation. Things would be better if they were different in form. And the Holy Spirit's plan of salvation is Things would be better if you changed your mind, if you changed your purpose for the world. That will give you a whole new perception of the world just by changing your purpose. So the entire Course in Miracles is designed to have you change your purpose for everything. Purpose for the body, purpose for the world, purpose for time, purpose for money, purpose for resources. It's got to be a full shift where you just give everything over to the Holy Spirit, like the mystics and saints have done. They just give everything over to the Spirit and say, be you in charge. Now you guide my life. You guide my finances. You guide my, my work uh, experiences. You guide my relationships. You guide everything. And then that's how the Holy Spirit can literally rearrange perception and take you to the forgiven world or the holistic dream. So we're just about to get into the point where their their time is starting to run out with these partners and then then we'll see what they've learned from that. Where they, where they go from there. Okay, it's positive. Three little ones. 36 hours each from the Holy Spirit. This is the opposite end of what Jason was bringing out about such a long time and sacrificing all that time. And now the Holy Spirit's coming over and it's, she still has associated the length of the relationship with the meaningfulness of the encounter. You see how that's just a false association in the other direction, like I was talking about earlier. Because remember, the Holy Spirit wants to take you into the holy instant. So, to the Holy Spirit, every relationship is maximal. Maximal. Each one has taught and learned the most that they could teach and learn in any given situation. Because 
all of these encounters and all about these relationships are about unlearning the ego, unlearning all associations about time. Even that association that I said earlier, like a longer relationship is seen as a more meaningful uh, relationship than a shorter one. Longer ones, you know, all those can, that's the time you, you get wedding anniversaries and you hoop it up and there's all this celebration and you get all these things and everything as if it's great that you've, you've made it that far together, but actually the Holy Spirit is still having the same call, call into the holy instant. Call into that deep connection with everyone and everything. And so now she's rolling her eyes. First she's rolling her eyes at, as her, at her partner's ah, ah. Then she's, now she's rolling her eyes at the coach who's <laughs> given her three straight 36 hour relationships because she still has an association in her mind about the time, the time factor. And that's, that's just pointing out another thing that, that the ego tries to make important about relationships. Oh yeah, I had this partner, we were married for two years, but then my partner was tragically struck down with this disease, or died in a plane crash, or this or that. We had, we had a wonderful relationship, but it was too short. Wait a minute, too short? Who says it's too short? The ego. Every encounter, every relationship is maximal to the Holy Spirit. Because you got to remember, God doesn't know about time, God didn't create time, and the Holy Spirit is trying to bring the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, together to show you what? The time is simultaneous, not linear. And so every relationship is an opportunity to humbly open up to the Holy Instant. And the ego does not like that. The ego likes to find meaning in the physical. Meaning on the timeline. And, and this whole mini-movie is showing us that there, that is not where meaning can be found. You will find no love, no continuity in linear time. You only will find it when you come back to the, the present moment, which is the gateway to eternity. And all the spiritual practices, all the meditations, the lessons in A Course in Miracles are, are designed to bring your mind closer and closer into that holy instant where you feel a direct connection with God, which is really the only real relationship is between God and Christ. That's the only real relationship and everything else is being used by the Holy Spirit to bring the mind back to that only real relationship. So it's a whole different context. This is like turning everything you believed about relationship, just having it turned 360 all around to purpose. Before it was all about the form, and now it's shifting around to it's all about the purpose. And you're going to see this in this movie, this little mini-movie. They're, they're getting wiser as they watch this. They're, they're getting closer and closer to a recognition. Yeah, let's not check it's fire then. Yeah. It's a deal. Deal. Okay, let's pause it. Bring on. So, there they are, they're exposing their beliefs. One, it's like uh, watching the clock, tick, tick, tick. It, you know, it was a living hell. And they, oh, I had this one fling with another one, and another bloke, another bloke. You know, she's exposing that she's not finding, she says they were all meaningless. 
And basically, her, her filter for meaningless is, is a short relationship. His filter for pure hell is a, is a long relationship where you despise the one that you're with. You know, they're just exposing their beliefs. But you see, time is not the problem. You see how this is still the air of separation in the mind projected out to time. As if she's saying, my relationships are not long enough. They should be longer. And he's saying, oh hell, my, my relationship was so long and I was just counting the moments and waiting to get out of it. So my relationship was too long. So it's, it's still the belief in separation in the mind, but it's projected out to time as if the time is the problem. But time is not the problem. Time is neutral. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's use of time, I can tell you from my experience, is very joyful. Because when you're using time to collapse time, to teach the, the meaninglessness of time, to teach the joy of the present moment, then you're offering a gift for the whole sonship. You're offering a gift for the whole universe. Your spontaneity, your spark, your joy, your happiness is teaching the whole universe of what is possible. Like you, your mind, the mind, is an instrument to be used by God, and if you are using it for God's purpose, you are radiating that healing to everything and everyone in the whole universe, because really there's only one of us. That's what quantum physics is showing us now. There's the quantum field, everything's connected. That's the reality. That's, or at least you could say that's a closer approximation of reality, even though there still seems to be some physical components. Quantum physicists will tell you basically it's all energy. And that's a beautiful symbol too, that it's all one energy. It's all connected. So now they're back together after all those other kind of experiences that, that they had. Here they are, and he's like saying, I hope it's right. That's his wish. That's his, he's putting up his prayer. I hope it's right. And the other thing you have to be aware of though is when you feel something and you hope it's right, you're praying for something, you still have to be aware of what's in the unconscious. If there still is unconscious guilt, then even your prayer of hope it's right is not, doesn't have certainty in it because the unconscious guilt will, will, is your split mind. And remember, it's, your mind is extremely powerful. God gave us a powerful mind. So as long as we have guilt in this powerful mind, we're going to draw forth witnesses that are going to again show us our beliefs and thoughts so we can release those false beliefs and thoughts and come back to what Buddha called an empty mind, empty your mind, and, and what Jesus would call is, is the atonement, the, the correction for all of time and space. So let's see how they're doing with their unconscious guilt. What if there is no scrutiny, just putting us together in any old order, and we all go along with it because they're always telling us how clever it is? Yeah, but it does put people with a one. It's got a 99.8% success rate. But how do you know they're perfect matches? I mean, what if all it's actually doing is gradually wearing us down? Putting us in one relationship after another, for random durations, in a random sequence, each time you get a little bit more pliable, a little bit more broken, until eventually it coughs up the final offering and says that's the one. 
And by that point, you are so defeated and so exhausted that you just accept it. You settle. And then you have to live the rest of your life convincing yourself you didn't. Well done. That's one of the bleakest things I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, let's pause it there. The, even in the authority problem, even in doubting the Holy Spirit, even in doubting the bigger plan, he laughs and says, that's one of the bleakest things I've ever heard. And she says, thank you. You see, they, there's still a lightness, even when they're doubting the Spirit's plan, even when they're doubting the overall where all this is heading, that they have a, a lightness that's there in that relationship, and that's the way the Holy Spirit uses relationships. To forgive, to be light about things. You see right there, they're doing an expression session. He's basically listening and she's giving a full-on expression session about what if the whole system is messed up? What if you go through all these things and really it's just wearing you down and then you have to be stuck with this one, this final one. You know, she's she's trying to throw water on the whole thing, and he says that's the bleakest assessment he's ever heard. And she she laughs, and he laughs, and it's thank you. You see, there's not that heaviness, there's not that darkness of like a foreboding ending. Of there's not a pressure, there's not a pressure on the relationship when there's that freedom to express thoughts and emotions and there's no criticism. Instead it's met with laughter. There's that lightness we're talking about. That is essential in holy relationship, that you have that lightness there. And you can practice that, of course, with just as you watch your mind and your thoughts. Be gentle with yourself. Be light with yourself. Don't make conclusions. Don't draw dark conclusions about who you are or the future. Just stay very light with it. And I would say that's the, the hallmark right here. You can tell that now their relationship now is starting to evolve a bit because there's such an openness. They've agreed to not look at, at the time to see when their expiry date is and they're also, you can see the spirit is using the relationship, using it in a lighter, lighter way. And then this will continue and this will just go on and on and on in, in, and become lighter and lighter and lighter as you progress, unless there's what? More unconscious darkness that has to come up. Because only the darkness can block the light. So if there's anything still down there in this very light, playful energy that still needs to come to the surface, it's like that's the prayer of the heart. The Holy Spirit's like, good, cough it up. Cough it up, you know. Let's get all that darkness up that's been pressed down in the mind because you're not going to be ready to leave this world until you have no guilt. You think you're going back to heaven with guilt? Maybe in the, the Catholic system or some other systems, but not, not what I'm telling you. I'm giving it to you straight. You're not going back to what perfect oneness with guilt in your heart. You've got to have that guilt flushed up. So let's see how our uh, star-crossed lovers are, if they've got any guilt left in there. What would you like to know? The expiry date. Me and Amy. Prince Carlon. Are you not going to talk me out of it? 
Would you like me to talk you out of it? Yeah, uh, no, uh, no, I don't know. Okay, you have to be vigilant for, for God and His Kingdom. You have to stay in the moment. If you're tempted to know something about the future or know something about the past, if you're in a flowing relationship where there's lots of joy and happiness and you feel you have to go visit a psychic, you have to go to a Ouija board, you've got to go to get your reading to find out what is the destiny of your relationship in form and everything, that's looking in the wrong direction. You know, they, they agreed together to, to not check which was just a symbol for me that they're saying, let's, let's not focus on time. And remember, time, linear time, is the problem. Linear time is the addiction. Him looking over at that little coach pod and, and looking at it and looking at it is no different than an alcoholic looking at a drink. And looking at that drink on the shelf over and over. Or the food addict who's looking at that particular hot fudge cake or whatever, just thinking, I just got to have it, I just got to have it. You know, it's, it's the time thoughts that are still coming to mind because what? Because you believe you're lacking in some way. That's what the ego is. It's a, it's a belief in lack. It's a belief that something is lacking inside of you. Something is not whole, something's not complete. And so, this whole cosmos of time and space is an attempt to find something to fill the lack. Something in time and space which God did not create to fill that belief in lack that's in the mind. And that's what all addictions are. All addictions are time addictions. All addictions are linear time addictions. Maybe now you'll be able to go up and start your own 12-step group. Linear time anonymous in your local area <laughs> and, and start getting people to come to realize that, that that's where the guilt is coming in. The guilt is coming in from a self-concept that is make-believe, that's a linear time self-concept and trying to hold off your Christ eternal self by being stuck in this little self-concept that's a little personality self and a vast cosmos outside of that personality self. Some of you read Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements. Has anybody heard about The Four Agreements? Yeah. What was one of the Four Agreements is don't take anything personally. Why? It's because that personal self is a timeline self. And as long as you take anything personally, you take it as insulting, you take it as an attack, you take it as an insult in some way, that's the ego telling you something's gone wrong. You, you were, it's telling you, you as a person were mistreated. Maybe by the weather, maybe by another person, maybe by a dog or a cat, maybe by whatever, your parents. It's always going to play the victim card because it's always trying to hold you to guilt based on a personal sense of self that is not your divine sense of being, which is the Christ. So we're starting to really expose the ego's tricks here with relationships because the ego wants you to hold on to a personal identity and then it tells you you can also start roping in some other personal identities 
as a little in a little corral, a little configuration, whether you call it a couple or a group or a community or a nation. Uh, it was was it uh, was it Nicole or Noel? Nicole, Nicole was saying earlier about that thing with the Germans and the and the Jews. That was a perfect example about how. Even the idea of an ethnic or a cultural identity, not just an individual identity, but if you identify yourself as a Jew, or as a German, or as, as an Arab, or a Muslim, or Protestant, or just you name it, that's still a make-believe self that God did not create. And that's why we have so many issues around those kind of things, because those are all false identities. The best thing you could actually truthfully say about your identity is, I am. Stop it right there. That's enough. That's enough right there. I am. And you know why that is, is true is because if I fill out that sentence, I am as God created me. I am spirit. I am not any of these false past associations that have been learned from the ego about this world. Those are all false identities. Now, he's at this point in the mini-movie where he's clearly experiencing the fullness and he's opening up towards holy relationship, but here comes the doubt thought and the doubt thought is, is still about time. He's actually wanting to know the expiry date of their relationship. And as long as you have a concern, as long as your attention goes back to time, then you have taken it away from your I amness, and you've taken it away from your now experience, and, and you're starting to put it back out on the timeline. And what that means is there's still some unconscious guilt. <laughs> that pool, ocean of guilt I was talking about is still down there. Because when you clear that guilt away, it's only thing left is I amness. There's nothing but I amness. But as long as that guilt's there, that means there's still another lesson. However, the Holy Spirit, this is all in the Holy Spirit's plan. Even when you have that doubt thought, even when you have that temptation, the Holy Spirit's ready to be right there to come rushing back in, and I mean rushing in with the final lesson, which is a lesson that can be learned. So it's not like it's a, it's a mistake that will throw you back in reality. It just throws you off for a moment in awareness. But I think you're going to see from this mini-movie that it, it doesn't stop you from recognizing who you are. It's just a, a temporary delay. So let's see what happens uh, with this doubt thought. Coach. What's happening? Coach is getting shot. One sided observation has destabilized the expiry date. <laughs> Let's stop it. One sided observation. When you break the shared agreements, when you when you give in to the temptation without joining, remember what we call a personality self is just a tiny bubble of perception and everything, including time and space, is all a reflection of, of the mind. So if he had a fear about how long he would be able to spend with her, 
and he got the five, he was almost just looking at it like, okay, now at least I know I have five years. You don't really know anything when you know time. It's just a false, like a, a supposed to be soothing to, to know something, but even if somebody, a psychic told you what was happening in the future, ultimately that's not going to bring you peace of mind. You know, you have to find that inside yourself. So here, he gets the five years, and then because it's a one-sided observation, it, it was his fear about the length of the relationship that is influencing the, the, the length of that. And, and basically, the flip side of that is, the Holy Spirit will collapse time and space. So the more you get into your miracle working function, the more you get into your happiness and joy, the Holy Spirit collapses time and space, bringing the Alpha and the Omega together. Like Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. He's bringing it all back to the present moment. But that takes your faith and your trust. And in this case, it was an unconscious fear, a concern about, oh my gosh, concern about the end of the relationship. How, how much time do I have left? And that concern now is collapsing the expiry date from his end, from his perception. But it's, it's again, that shows you the power of perception, the power of the mind. You can never blame anything or anyone. You just have to recognize, this is all in recognizing the power of the mind. The mind is so powerful. And that's why you have to watch your thoughts carefully and really be vigilant about these thoughts and beliefs. Because everything you perceive in this world, which seems to be external, is just a reflection of the thoughts and beliefs in the mind. So, the coach... So the coach isn't punishing him, obviously, for this. It's just his perception that he's losing. Based on his fear. But if they're meant... <laughs> Jason's, Jason's rooting for the couple. <laughs> He's questioning the coach here. <laughs> okay, so the coach... For the second time, he's questioning the coach. So the coach is behind this. Okay, good. The coach is behind everything. Until you reach a point where, where you know with certainty what this is all about. Once you know with certainty what this is all about, once you've pulled away the veil, once you finally see what this whole world's about, then... The coach is so happy because the coach becomes unnecessary when, once you see it for yourself. And that's why we're having this online retreat, just to see it. Just so we can all see it for ourselves, because that's the, that's the point of freedom. That's like the escape hatch. But it's all, it's all working together for the good. It's on the clock. Okay, let's pause it here. I know some of you are going through devastation here. Soulmate devastation. You're like, David's next retreat's going to be called Soulmate Devastation, and, and I'm, I'm going to be forced to attend. No, th this is just an opportunity to see how powerful your mind is. That if you have fears, that those fears will seem to manifest, not in reality, not in heaven, but just in perception, just to bring you more closer in touch with what your thoughts are and your beliefs. This is a good thing. 
This is a, everything's working together for the good. If you've got an unconscious fear and a desperation that, that you're not acknowledging, wouldn't you want it to be acknowledged? Wouldn't you want it to be brought up into awareness? Would you rather be run by having your mind controlled by this unconscious belief system that you're not even aware of? Or would you rather be fully aware so you make every decision consciously for the whole, for the whole universe? You can't make a decisions for the whole universe if you partly are listening to Holy Spirit and partly letting the ego run the ship you know from this unconscious guilt so even though this seems like a very traumatic time let me give you a hint if this happens in your relationship with your partner with your child with your pet with your teacher maybe your pet gives you that look like what happened to you that you aren't the same pet owner that I I met when we first came together. When did you get into all this guilt? What's going on? Or it could be with a partner. Let's say you're practicing using our tools, expression sessions, retreats, no private thoughts, and so on and so forth. When this happens, the best thing to do is expose it. Now, the best thing you could do now in this point of devastation is go in and talk to your partner about it. Just go back in, run into the room. This is what your coach, Lisa, would, would tell Frank. <laughs> Lisa would tell Frank, join now, immediately. Expose it, go for an expression session. Because what you want to do is you want to, you, you want to keep nothing hidden. That's the whole point of spiritual awakening. There are no private thoughts, nothing is kept hidden. And to the ego, this is, just seems like, I got you again. Like, now I got you. Now you're devastated, and now you better go back to the old way of hiding and protecting. You know, private thoughts, private minds, and, you know, two ships passing in the night, no communication. So this is a good teaching device, because now we're at another crossroads for Frank. He's, he's just, he had a temptation, he gave into it, and his five-year relationship got dwindled down to 20? 20 hours. 20 hours. Be out of his fear and desperation. Now he has to make the decision whether he's going to expose this and work through it, or he's going to hide and protect. Let's just see how he does. What are you thinking about? Nothing. Okay, let's pause it here. This, this is, we're showing you this because this is exactly how the ego will sabotage your, your awakening. It, it will try to delay you and slow you down. The old silent treatment, how are you feeling? Fine. What are you thinking about? Nothing. You know, <laughs> Lisa's saying, ugh, the worst. You know, we, since we deal with this a lot in living in community and working with things, you know, you can see you get these opportunities that come and come and come and come, but, but, but the exposing is so essential to the releasing. Because if you don't expose, if you fear to expose, it must believe that you believe Something terribly has gone wrong. You must, you must believe that you're unworthy of love. You must believe that you're not going to get this right, or you know you're, you're just uh, going to mess things up, and on and on. The ego just goes rampant with its, its uh, 
sense of you're not worthy of love and you're just getting what you deserve, you blew it, you broke the agreement and so on and so forth. You know, when there's a broken agreement and something's not shared openly, there's a pressure in the mind. And then, uh, I love, I think it's the Rumi quote, even if you've broken your vows a thousand times, come, come again. There's the spirit coming through saying, no, no, all is not lost. The, the spirit is going to handle this, no matter how devastating it is, no matter how much you've allowed the fear to run something in your life, all is not lost because in the end, nothing can prevail against the will of God. Nothing can prevail against the will of God. You cannot mess it up. I'll say it again, you cannot mess it up. The spirit of love is orchestrating everything behind the scenes for this exposure and release of this error. And the spirit loves us so much that really in the end you will see there are no mistakes. In the end you will see that you just were mistaken for a moment about identity and then all this time stuff played out. But it wasn't real. It didn't really harm you. It didn't touch who you really are. Who God created you to be is who you are. And there's nothing of this world, there's nothing of time and space that can prevail against God's will. And that's what I love about this mini-movie, because now in his greatest point of de devastation, he is still covered, he is still loved, he will still be lifted up, even with his darkest point of devastation, even where he seems to have blown it in his mind, the spirit is still right there, holding him and ready to lift him up into an experience, and lift her up into an experience. But they have to come to a realization. They just have to come to one realization to free themselves from the pool of guilt. And we're going to explore that today. The one realization to free yourself from guilt forever. Because guilt, as Jesus says, guilt is always totally insane and has no reason. God did not create guilt. It has no purpose. It has no reason. And, and that's what the benefit of all this is, is just going, having this, the faith to go all the way. Okay, let's roll on here and see what happens next. Hey, we're in this. Keep your in there. Keep your in there. Please, stop Amy, I'm sorry. Amy. Everything happens for a reason. Okay. Listen. Everything happens for a reason. So, this is, there's some real gems in there, because she said, you didn't, you didn't stay with the agreement. You know, we had an agreement. That's great for her to bring up because, you know, as you go through and follow the Holy Spirit, there's going to be a lot of shared agreements that you're going to have. I'll tell you what, we're, we have a, a seeming community, we live in community, and we have to operate on shared agreements every day. We have to rely on prayer and shared agreements to build our strength, to build our faith, to build our confidence, to go further and further. We have to rely on integrity, we have to rely on honesty, we have to rely on consistency. The Holy Spirit is going to build your confidence with the, your intuitive self, your higher self, 
Because you're going to need that confidence as you keep going higher and higher and higher in awareness. You're going to need that strength and confidence. So she said, we had an agreement. And then he starts in with this, that, but that's not the issue. I, he says, I like you properly. Listen, when you've got a British accent and you say properly, he's in love. If you don't say properly to a woman, I've never come across that myself, but, but I can feel it intuitively when he says, I like you properly. He's like saying, he's making an appeal, even though we've got an hour left, you know, I like you properly, you know, I love that. He's, he's in love with her. And he's saying, we could just fuck the system, we can go outside the wall, you know, he's, she's like looking at him and, and she says, there's nothing out there, and he says, but we don't know for sure. There's another good glimmer from him. We don't know for sure. The, you, you have to come into that state of mind with this world to say, we don't, I don't know anything for sure about this world. But I'm going to follow my heart, I'm going to follow my joy, I'm going to follow the connections, I'm going to follow the guidance and the prompts and the intuitions, and I'm going to follow that, and then I'm going to let the world do whatever the world does, because in the end, it still comes down to you have to let go of the belief that there's something outside of your mind. Do you notice, as soon as he had all the guilt come up, and she's, why didn't you tell me, and this and this, at the very end, he looks, and then he sees this guy, and all these people are looking at him, on the escalators, and he sees this guy with what, like a taser. There it is again. It's the belief that there's something outside of yourself that can hold you back. The belief that there's something that's a real enemy that's outside of you. When the teachings of the Course is basically saying, no, the ego belief is the only thing that's holding you back. You have no external enemies. The ego has projected these characters, these shadow figures in the world, to try to scare your mind into believing that it can't escape. But those shadow figures aren't the problem, they're just projections of the ego. And as long as you believe there's an external world that's holding you back, it may be it's your aunt, or your uncle, or your relative, or your best friend. Well, I can't do this because my best friend wouldn't like me anymore. Or maybe, let's say, you're having your spiritual awakening, and you're going through all these things. I think Willow brought that earlier, when some friends were saying, you know, why are you and Sage spending so much time together, you know? And, and, and then you have this thought, like, oh, I have a concern about what other people think. There it is again, what other people think. There aren't any other people. There aren't any other people with private minds and private thoughts. It's all coming down to our one mind and really staying vigilant with the Holy Spirit and saying, no, I'm going to follow your instructions and your joy all the way. I'm going for the escape. I am not going to believe these doubt thoughts. Even if I think there are other people even if I think other people will leave me, if I follow the truth, others may say, that's not for me, I'm out of here, we've been friends for so long, but I can't stand you talking about oneness, God anymore, I can't hear it anymore, I'm just not in a place to receive it, I have to say goodbye. We have to allow all that, and in this case, when he turns around and he sees that dark figure with the taser, it's just his own fear 
still not recognized as his own fear, belief that there is an external world that's holding him back. But we have to be able to face that fear. We cannot give in to the fear in our mind because that is the ego. So hold on to your hats because Kansas is going bye-bye. Let's see what these two can do. Snuff that ego. <laughs> Let's really propel ourselves past the gravity of this world and no longer be held back by fear. We don't have to fear fear itself, even Franklin <laughs> We don't have to be afraid of the ego. We have to realize we've just been afraid of love, but we can give our faith over to love and let love take us home all the way. Amen. <laughs> okay, let's pause here. Now she's just reviewing all these relationships and, and to me this is a beautiful symbol because this is the beginning of reaching that place in your mind where you start to see that you are the dreamer of this dream. That all those relationships that you seem to experience involving bodies and persons the ego was trying to convince you that they were different and you could find something better if you kept searching, searching among the dust, searching among the forms, searching among the partners. And she's watching all these partners come and go, come and go, come and go, because that's the beginning of the escape from this dream, is you have to begin to see you are the dreamer of this world of dreams. You are not a dream figure inside the world. You are the dreamer of the world. And she's beginning to see that with all these partners moving through. She's watching, watching. She's observing, observing without judgment. And then now the Holy Spirit is beginning to teach her the final lesson that all of these dream figures, all of these situations and circumstances are not different at all, but they are all the same illusion. They just seem to be many forms of the same illusion of searching outside of yourself for your identity, searching in form to find who you are, when who you are is a divine being that is not in form at all. And she's just beginning to watch with detachment. Remember that time when she said she she was able to just observe with detachment. Now she's watching all the figures come and go. And that's the point of very full detachment. She's not getting fooled. There was no change required in the world, but there was a change required in her mind, just for her to see the world in a new way. That was the change, the change of mind, not the change of the form. The ego's trick is to have us keep changing the form, make a better world, make a better self-concept, improve a self-concept. That's not going to get us out of the dream. That won't get us home. But when we see the world through forgiveness, which is she's just beginning to see, now she's getting really strong in realizing how she can escape from the dream. And, and of course, that will be the escape, the total escape. Because when Jesus awoke, everyone was with him. This is a, a shift of perception 
the atonement is a shift in the purpose, in the perception. So here we go. We're going up. <laughs> she always like this. She always likes to skip the rocks, but she can never get past four. Or less. Or less. And she is always, now she's starting to wonder, maybe that this whole world is like the skipping rocks. Maybe this whole world was made to limit. Maybe it's a trick. <laughs> maybe, maybe the whole thing's been a trick. All of it, veiling the truth, veiling the oneness, and so she's just about to the point of reaching her point of certainty where she doesn't need the system, she doesn't need a coach anymore. That's, that's what the key is, when you start to realize you're the dreamer of the dream, and when you start to realize that this world has never brought you back to eternity. Linear time is not eternity and it's designed to keep you feeling limited as long as you play by its rules and, and continue to believe in the fragmentation, it holds you back from knowing who you are. But she's just at the point now where she's skipping those rocks, she's watched all those figures come and go in her bedroom, she's skipping the rocks, she sees that it's, she's not getting five skips or six skips, it's just, it's limited, it, she's reached the maximum. She's reached as far as she can go with this. And now she's starting to suspect that maybe the whole world has been a trick to blind her from the truth of knowing the true identity. That's pretty big. You can, al you can almost let the system, you can let your coach go at that point. You don't need a coach. It's a test, I swear it is, and the two of us rebelling together is something to do with passing it. We've got to fuck it all up. Exactly, we've just got to fuck the whole thing off and go. Yeah, okay, right time out. No matter what's out there. There we go. We've got to go for it, no matter what's out there. You, you just have to have an agreement. All it takes, Jesus says, to eliminate all sickness forever is just to to see that sickness is impossible and share that it's impossible. Jesus wasn't around 2,000 years ago healing the sick and raising the dead. He simply knew in his mind that sickness and death were impossible. And he shared that openly in his teachings. So now, it, when it, she said, uh, can, she, can you tell me who my life partner is and and what was the other thing I asked about um, uh, something? It said negative. It wasn't telling. It wasn't going to tell her. Do I know them? But but she also asked, you know, can you tell me who my life partner is? And and the answer, it, she has two questions. It said negative. So it's not going to tell you the form. But it's all a test, just so you realize that there's only one of us. Just so you don't buy the bait of fear, just so you don't fear anything external to your mind. Everything that the world has been toying, the ego's been toying with us, thinking that there were separate people, separate places, separate lessons to learn. That sounds kind of complicated. To wake up to truth, you got to learn multiple lessons. Forget that. There's only one lesson, 
And the lesson is that there is nothing outside of you, that the world that you perceive and all the relationships you perceive are not outside of you. And you can bring an end to this toying. You can bring an end to this thing of interpersonal conflict, of of relationships that you wish were healed from years ago, from all the temptations that the ego bombards. It's all inside the mind and you can, can realize just by one realization that there is nothing outside of my mind, of the mind, that is the one lesson that's required to escape the matrix. And so, there they are, they've come together at this place and now they're realizing they have to be in agreement that there's really nothing that can stop us because, why? There's nothing outside of us. There is no external enemy. That's where you empower yourself. That's when you see your, how powerful your mind is. When you realize it's all been thoughts and beliefs and you don't have to think like that anymore. Remember that line from Solaris at the end of Solaris? Rhea tells Chris, we don't have to think like that anymore. We don't have to think like there's an external world anymore. So here we go. She is empowered. He is empowered. And now they're going to have a few more flickers of doubt thoughts to face. Of course, like the elevator scene in Revolver. But the key lesson is now in place for the escape from time and space. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. Matrix moment. <laughs> Matrix moment. Right, face the fear head on. Head on. Nothing outside of you, nothing can stop you when you are sure, when you are certain. You are not at the mercy of the world. You are not at the mercy of of governments and parents and terrorists and neighbors and your cat that won't quit meowing it, even though it's three in the morning. You're not at the mercy of the cat. You're not at the mercy of anything. And she just hand up like very much like Neo in the Matrix when the bullets were coming and then down like that and freeze frame. The whole thing is literally now a freeze frame. It's all the same. It's like Buddha when Siddhartha was leaving the palace and he gets outside that palace, everybody falls asleep so that Buddha, Siddhartha can go out and, and know his, he is the Buddha, he is the one. It's the same message of all these movies. So let's see, here we go. Ascension. Time for ascension. <laughs> Okay, freeze frame. These are all the hypotheticals. These are all the hypotheticals. All their hypothetical couple selves of them and all the trials that they went through and all the seeming mistakes that they thought they made and temptations. They're all just hypotheticals. They were never real. What's a hypothetical? As if the separation occurred as if the separation occurred. All those pictures of them coupled out all around there with all their different 
time frames and different things that they went through were all just one mistake and none of them are real. They're like ascending now past the realm of hypotheticals and to the realm of pure certainty, pure love and pure oneness. <laughs> yeah, but it was the yeah up, ascended. ascended. Okay. Ah, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Ah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. That's dear to share that with you. For all of us to share that. For all of us to see, it's all about the ascension. I don't know if you know, but many years ago, I've told this story many times, but I always would get my symbols off of uh, bumper stickers in cars. And uh, remember back, maybe it was in the 70s, um, I was reading a bumper sticker, and you probably have seen this bumper sticker, but I saw it and I'm like, hmm. It said, life's a bitch. And then you die. That was the, the bumper sticker. Some of you I see laughing. And then, it wasn't long though, before I got into the course, and I was having all these miracle experiences, and I caught this car come around, and I saw it, and the bumper, said, bumper sticker said, Life's a joy, and then you ascend. And I was like, there you go. There you go. There's my message. And that's all of our message. You know, we are not here... We are not here to die. We are not here to judge. We are here to, to heal. We are here to integrate. And we are here to allow the ascension. Which really means just forgive and let God take the final step. Let God bring the disappearance of the universe. Let God bring the remembrance of, of the love and the pure oneness. And that's really our focus. That's why we, we share all the teachings we share. That's why we have these online retreats. We have all the gatherings we have, movie gatherings, joining in all kinds of ways, Spiri, all the different ways that are coming. It's all for that forgiveness and that ascension. And it gives, a, it, it's a joyful purpose, you know, it gives you a purpose to get out of bed in the morning and to go through your day in ready for those holy encounters, ready to appreciate the reflections of love that will come your way. If you're willing to not try to fix the world, change the world, correct the world, if you're willing to follow what Jesus teaches in the Course, seek not to change the world, seek rather to change your mind about the world. That is the, the change of perception that is, is the miracle. And just with your devotion, if you saw what I saw with her, when she came into that certainty, she could, she would say, coach, count to four. She skipped, she threw her little, her communication device away, and she went with certainty about her purpose. She knew who she was going to meet. She knew that she, there was nothing that could hold her back. They both came to the realization together, simultaneous reflection of that, and then there was no stopping them in, in ascending. And we're all mighty companions to one another. 
that's where this, our support comes in. Even when things get difficult, you know, healing occurs where one person seems to have a need and they, they're open about it and they say, help, I need some help, or I'm facing this, or I'm facing that, and someone else comes in and says, here, I've, I can help you out. The healing occurs even symbolically in this world, where if somebody needs something and another offers it, that's part of salvation. That's part of the answering of prayers. Prayers are answered symbolically, and of course the prayer of the heart to wake up and know God is, is answered, of course, because that's God's will for us, is to, to know God, and to be in God, and to live in God. So, I like how practical this is. I feel like if I could convey everything in my heart of all these miracle experiences I've had over these last three decades, of all the joyful encounters, of all the, the seeming places and people, and all the events that were part of that, that extension of the miracle, and the beat just goes on and on. You know, that's, we are so deeply joined in this that we are, now we've come this far to realize that there, there is escape from, from this perception of the world. That we are not limited in any way. We are not held back by anything. That literally we can have that direct experience that there is nothing outside of our shared mind. And we've realized that with our shared purpose. So, we've got, oh, we've got some time, don't we, here? Six minutes? Six minutes. Francis, we'll get the camera over there for Francis. I think it is just a, a beautiful demonstration of what relationship is really for. Because I think, um, you know, in this linear time, seemingly, w when, when there is this belief, and the separate bodies, the relationship is actually for us to get into this place to express and extend love. And and then I just noticed when he um, first, he broke the, the shared agreement, and he had a lot of guilt, he couldn't even share the, the private thoughts. But then when he broke the, the ice and he started to share the private thoughts, then, you know, there was like a temptation to blame and defend, but he quickly said, I really like you. And I thought that was a moment of, yes, this is the best use of time. You know, when they had like an hour left, this is the best use of time to find this place to say what truly matters. And he said, I, I, I really like you. And she said, as if it did, it wasn't enough. Why did you have to look around linear time and external and maybe the coach will tell us what to do. You don't really trust what you feel for me is enough. And, and at that point though, she was kind of trying to blame, but, but that kind of set a tone, like what is truly going to be enough for us? Mm -hmm. And then I feel like afterwards she find a moment when the pairing day was coming and she started to say, okay, I don't really care what the system says. I don't really care the statistics. I don't really care what the external world is going to tell me anymore because I found what my heart, the certainty, like you said. And then she went to him and basically just like, let's forget what happened. Let's do not talk about the mistakes and the errors and who did what to whom. 
and this is the last chance. I'm gonna say what truly matters to me, and that is like she kissed him straight、mm-hmm. away. Like、yes. there's no even time for words, and that basically brings this this certainty to both of them. And the certainty is not even about each each other. The certainty is the love they felt was certain in that moment, and it's like trump all the the statistics and what other people think. And I think that certainty is, in the end, taking them all the way. And I feel that's the relationship, the purpose of a relationship for us. Doesn't matter the kind of relationship, and we don't really have to look back to say. I messed it up last year. I messed it up yesterday. There's always a moment. This moment, I'm gonna use this moment to say what truly matters for me, and to share this love. You know, it doesn't matter the other person give it back to me or not, but it matters to me to find this certainty. And once that certainty is found in the heart, then the Holy Spirit's job is done. The Holy Spirit doesn't have to to appear to be external guide. Tell you what what is right and what's wrong anymore because you know that you found it and you can find it. Gorgeous. Anyone else here have anything? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. Well, let's. Thank you. Jeff, we've we're right there at the very edge here, and、uh, I just want to thank all of you for sharing that experience together with us.、Uh, this I did this、uh, uh, mini movie gathering and everything, and、um, right away, you know, it it got sent like, oh, you've got to do this in the、uh, online relationship retreat, and then the word went out.、Uh, Kirsten called me up and she said, "Oh my God, no! You you can't put that up on Spreaker." And、uh, I said, "Oh no, worries." As soon as I walked out from it that way, I met Andeje, Andy Page, and and we said right away, "No, we just had an agreement right there. No, we're we'll keep this under wraps." But don't be surprised if tomorrow. <laughs> The this talk, a version of this talk, a previous version of this talk, goes out on Spreaker because、uh, they're they're ready to share it with the whole world. And we do that with everything. We we f- go into it for the experience of this moment of the certainty that Francis was talking about in this moment, and then we share. We just shine it and share it with everyone because that's how really all the captives are set free when when one mind recognizes. Recognizes itself of of who it is. That's the freedom. It's a freedom of perception. There, it's not a freedom of numbers. You don't need the hundredth monkey, or you don't need a, a, a quantitative a, a experience. It's a qualitative shift of mind that brings the the healing to the universe, and it's quite amazing. So. Please tune in tomorrow for a panel discussion.、Uh, we'll have some panel here. We don't even know who, but we'll know who's going to show up here for the panel. And we'll also have、uh, our Jeffs there standing by on the top of the Andes Mountains in Peru, and and Kirsten and Ricky and gang up there. And so we'll let the Holy Spirit、uh, carry us through tomorrow. So. Thank you all. Wow, Thank、o'clock. you all. Five o'clock. <laughs>
to the T. Perfection. <laughs>